Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Raising Saints, an AM820 production designed for parents who desire to raise the saints in their life. And now, Raising Saints with Katie Wyatt. Hello and welcome to Raising Saints, the show for Catholic parents. I'm your host, Katie Wyatt, and you are listening to AM820 St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. Here on Raising Saints, we talk to teenagers about the topics that matter most, and we invite you, parents, to listen in on our conversations, and we hope and pray that in joining us, you'll gain wisdom, insight, maybe even the courage you need to have these conversations with your own kids. So on today's program, we are talking about dating, and we have with us three very wonderful teenagers, all of whom are from Church of the Resurrection, where I am the youth minister. So if they say smart things, they learned it from me. Um, <laughs> and we have Ben. Hi, Ben. Hi. We have Kara. Hi, Kara. Hi. And we have Michael. Hi, Michael. Hello. And we also have Maggie, who doesn't think she wants to be on the radio, but just in case. Hi, Maggie. Hi. <laughs> so Maggie may be chiming in. We hope so. Um, and you're all from New Albany schools. So, and you're on spring break this week. Yay! So thank you for spending this portion of your spring break with us. Um, So as I said, we're talking about dating. And dating is such a funny thing because it didn't used to even be a thing. Um, People used to... People, there didn't used to be dating. There used to just be courtship, right? So you would go and sit awkwardly in the parlor with your parents, (laughs) chaperoning. (laughs) Can you imagine this? Picture this now. Yeah, I actually can. You can? My parents would make it way awkward, but I can imagine it. (laughs) Are you like in favor of bringing back courtship, Michael? I I don't know. (laughs) Okay. Something that I've heard that Jason Everett says is like in high school and like teenage and adolescence, when you're dating someone, the parents were always like the bad guys. They're always evil. And like when you want to have fun, you go away from mom and dad. But then he said, once I got to college, I realized it was, uh, it was the opposite. And I would tap into their wisdom and their knowledge because they've been married for a long time and they know how to make relationships work. So, so I, that- think, I think courtship, it, it's smart because it's, it's, like, it's like mentorship. You're dating with people who made it work, or you're courting with people who made it work. Yeah, and so that's the whole point of courtship, right? That that uh, so when the automobile was invented, people could get away, they could sneak away, and that's sort of when this is what I've heard historically. This is when dating became a thing because now people had more freedom, they had more autonomy from their parents, they had, um, and courtship sort of fell by the wayside, right? The the times when you were in the presence of your parents and you were getting to know someone and actually what you were doing was getting to know the person you intended to marry, um, that sort of went away and we got this thing called dating, which is what, which is the world you guys live in, which is what we want to talk about today, right? It's every parent's worst nightmare (laughs) (laughs) when their kids start dating. (laughs) Um, So... And courtship was preparation for marriage and in that you were learning selflessness. You were learning sacrifice. You were learning um, how to disagree gracefully, how to be chaste, how to be pure, authentic love. You know, these are the things that you're able to grow in when you don't have the 
confusion of dating kind of getting in the way. So my question for you guys is, my first question is, in your school or among your peers, does dating look like preparation for marriage? Does, does dating look like what courtship used to be? Or is dating has dating become something totally different? I think now nowadays, oftentimes you'll, we'll see in school like dating is more selfish than like courtship is described. And you're more focused on yourself than anyone around you or the person that you're actually dating. Like in what way? Can you explain that? Sometimes you can see in people's interactions like at school with the person that they're dating, if they don't even know how to like communicate with them then some uh, like you'll see like the only thing that you can tell about their relationship is that it's physical by looking at them how they interact with each other and if if you're doing that that that's not really preparing you for marriage or anything it's just sort of you're having a good time i guess yeah so that's the way in which it's it, that's one way in which it can be a selfish thing like yeah because it's a physical relationship so kind of what's in it for me and i'm not looking out for this other person yeah okay any other ways it can be a selfish thing like i guess i'm thinking about when people when dating is sort of a status thing or sort of a, or I need to get a date to the prom or I want to have a girlfriend or I want to have a boyfriend because that's what, does that happen in? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like the, the concept of, the concept of dating has been warped. So people all of a sudden, especially in like younger teenagers, like middle school, junior high, that early high school, people I don't know. They're not looking far into the future. I mean, they're not thinking about who they're going to marry, who they're going to spend the rest of their life with. So there's many occasions that I can call out personally that I have witnessed where people have dated, air quotes. Air quotes, yeah. Have dated someone just so they can walk up to their buddies and go, dude, check it out, I got a girlfriend. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's all for show. It's all for like trying to get more popularity for yourself. Once again, like Ben said, it's well, selfish. What I've noticed is um, if one person gets a, like a boyfriend or a girlfriend, all of the friends around them just like need, oh, I need a boyfriend, I need a girlfriend. So then they all can like go out together and um, they're not, I don't think they're really looking like I think I could spend like maybe the rest of my life with this person. It's more, I need a boyfriend fast and quick. And But, Going on that, Kara and Michael, you reference this too. Do you think that when someone is in eighth grade or a freshman in high school, should they be thinking about, do I want to spend the rest of my life with this person? Or is that, I mean, does dating have a purpose at that point in their lives? Or I think it should definitely be like thought about. Like my mom and dad met when... My mom was a freshman and my dad was a sophomore, maybe, because they went to the same high school. And then one of my friends at school, his one of his friend's parents knew each other since they were 15 and, like, dated the entire time and then got married. So, like, it's not out of the question. It might not be super pertinent because most people don't really get married in high school nowadays, especially. Right, right. But 
<clears throat> I don't think it should be entirely like out of the equation. It's not for unreasonable sure. for us to teach our kids that dating is preparation for marriage. Yeah. And not, I think, like, uh, this is, I don't want to, like, bash on your moment, but I don't think this, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think that this whole radio thing is to, like, bash high school dating and stuff and to right. like, go, like, you can't do this, it's bad, wait till you get older and you're more mature and just stop. You're doing it all wrong. But I think, like, I think it's, I wouldn't say necessary, but it's it's important to know what you're doing because if like you'd never have experiences in like treating other people kindly and like bonding with other people, how are you gonna make marriage work? Okay, yeah, Cara, do you want to add? Did you want to add something to that? Because like, that was my question. Like, so is there a purpose for dating? Is there is there a an upside to it? Is there good goodness in it? Yeah, I think that um, when you're, like, if you want to get married and you think that's, like, your vocation, um, it would be a good thing to date because, like, down the line, like, kind of what Michael was saying, you you don't know how to treat someone and you don't know how to, like, balance um, their feelings and, like, what you want. And you really have to, like, make an effort. And dating and marriage, I mean, there are similarities. And... um you have to be like, I mean, it's a learning experience. Right. You're not only learning about someone else, you're learning about yourself mm-hmm. and how you respond in a relationship. But what, but what are the greatest influences in your lives and in the lives of a typical teenager? Maybe they're the same influences, maybe they're different influences in regard to dating. Like what forms your opinions and your ideas about dating? One big, one big one for me is um, my older brother. Uh, I don't know. He's been dating three years. His girlfriend, yeah, three years. Three okay. years. I wasn't sure if it was two or three, but three years. And just the way they interact and stuff, it sort of sets a precedent. Just, I mean, anything with an older sibling is they're the guinea pig. So how they act <laughs> sort of affects how you act. And that's true for dating as well. So that's one that's one influence for you yeah what about you Kara and michael i think that um my parents and like my my um aunt and uncle i think like they're good influences for me um my parents met in high school and they made it work so i i mean i know it's possible but i think for people around us a lot of times i think people see it like what celebrities are doing and like kind of like what is the trend and like TV shows, I think that too. So like media, yeah, yeah. So there are some positive influences and some not so positive influences. Definitely. What What's the difference? Like, what would be a negative influence? Would you say that media is one of the negative influences? It tends to be. It doesn't have to be always a negative influence, but a lot of times it is. Just the way. Like in songs, the way people are being treated, and then in TV shows, you oftentimes see like abusive relationships just to like add to the plot or something. But if people are being told that's what's usual and that's what's going to happen, then if you expect that, then it's a negative influence. But then there's also good relationships in TV shows 
Name one. Um, 19 Kids and Counting. <laughs> 19 Kids. Okay. <laughs> There's the show that's my saving show. all the other Hello. shows. Yeah. 19, 19 Kids and Counting. But how, how does the rest of the media view 19 Kids and Counting? They're a punching bag. When Don't you think? Do they? Okay. I don't like watch a show or anything. My take on them is like, I think that they're good. Are they Catholic or Christian? No, or they're they're, they're not Catholic. It. They are a big Christian family. Though. Okay, they seem like good people, um, but they I took them as the kind of thing that hip media would like bash on that they're like hillbillies. And stuff. That's my point. That's what I'm saying. Like mm-hmm. here we have an example of first of all they don't date they court right the kids right um, they don't practice birth control. Obviously, <laughs> with nineteen kids, they their dating is chaste and pure, you know. And and you can you can do, look look at it a lot of different ways. But there's only one way that mainstream media looks at this, and it is to bash them and to call them irresponsible and to call them, you know, ridiculous and even you know evangelical, too conservative, blah blah blah. So, so the one example that you guys came up with of <laughs> you know good relationships in the media is the also the example that the rest of the media points to as ridiculous. Would you would you agree with that? I mean, yeah. Is that true or am I making that up? I don't keep up with the media well enough. Well, that's good. <laughs> You're better off for it. Key to happiness, don't watch the news. <laughs> Except for this show is also media, so definitely This show is Catholic media, <laughs> so it's good. <laughs> um but is there anything other than Meet the Duggars, or or how, how many kids is it? Nineteen kids <laughs> and counting. Other than that, are there? Have you seen other shows where you were pleasantly surprised at how a relationship was portrayed, or how a? No. Mm. Maybe, but not I'm, that you can think of. Yeah. Quickly, right? Maybe cheaper by the dozen. I don't know. I don't remember yeah. that movie very well. What? I know, I know. But so I guess my point is, I'm, I guess I'm harping on this, but most often what kind of relationships are portrayed on television or in movies? Are they chaste like, relationships? Are they sacrificial relationships? Are they authentic relationships? Or are they naughty. <laughs> they are naughty. naughty. <laughs> they're terrible. It's like have fun together and then you get in an argument and you're separate and then you get together and then you have fun again. It's like, why? You have to, you can't, you can't base your whole relationship off of who you're going to have a good time with. Right. Because there are other aspects to life rather than just enjoying yourself. Although it's okay to have a good time, like exactly. to enjoy being around the person you're dating. <laughs> you just um, okay. We were talking about this earlier, and I wanted Car. You, I don't remember who brought it up, but I wanted you to mention it when we went through the show. Is the um, the difference between being friends and dating someone? And and my question to you guys was. Is it a sexual line that you cross that becomes it becomes a dating relationship or is it something else? Does it ha- does it have to be that necessarily? Well, it doesn't exactly have to be sexual, so to speak, but oftentimes in school friendship is like 
sometimes if you're around friends, your relationship with someone could be sort of exclusive within the group. Like if everyone's having a group conversation, you might have a side conversation every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, like if they're more special to you, I guess, not to put a damper on your friends or anything, but if there's one individual who's right. a little more who's special, your bestie? yeah, you might have more interaction with them. But then dating becomes more individualized and like one-on-one and intimate and not always with all the friends around that are also in the conversation. So that that's one big difference, I think, between like friendship and dating. I think you care for the person that you're dating more than you would for a friend. and Or differently, at least. Yeah. Well, yeah, differently, I think. Or maybe more. I mean, sorry. I mean, it could be either way, but um, you could, I don't know. For me, it was kind of like emotionally. Like when when I realized I put her needs in front of mine, like like when you want to be able to help them and assist them. But don't you do that with your friends too? Yes, yes. But like, (laughs) forgive me, but when Olaf put it, very well <laughs> in Frozen when he was like what, what did he say now he um says some people are worth melting for some people are worth melting for <laughs> when when you when you put their needs in front of yours okay and you can do that with your friends but like if you went around and asked people like how constantly would you do that for your friends would you do that mm-hmm. every single time mm-hmm. and, I think, and I think that makes a difference I think that's a way to like prep a good thing to prep for marriage because if you don't have that skill down, I mean, then how are you going to like handle marriage? If you're just joining us, you're listening to AM820, St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. I'm Katie Wyatt. We're here today with Ben, Cara, and Michael with, um, what am I trying to say? Support from Maggie. <laughs> She's here to just support us. So, And we're talking about dating. Um, okay, we, we sort of started to move into the the physical element of dating i want to talk more about this because i know this is where parents really get worried about their kids when they're dating is what is the what is the physical commitment that my child has made to this relationship so and i think lots of teenagers kind of want to know this too and a question that we commonly ask as teenagers when we're dating is how far is too far and um Is that the right question to ask, right? Is there, what is, what is the danger of asking that question? I don't know. What are your reflections on that? How far is too far question? Well, sort of an analogy for that is a question. It's sort of a modern, modern situation. Like you wouldn't ask how close to oncoming traffic can I drive without hitting it? It's kind of asking the same thing. Like how, how close to sin can I go without crossing the edge it's how close to the traffic can i go without crashing and dying like that's not that's not what you want to ask for your own safety and i love that analogy because there are people who would do that right that like these thrill reckless thrill seekers but there's nobody who would think that that's a good idea (laughs) yeah even the person doing it right we all would acknowledge that's reckless behavior um wouldn't you agree i mean so, but we don't think, we don't tend to think the same about our sexuality. 
like we don't tend to view it as reckless behavior when we're trying to see how far we can go before we're in the sin zone. Yeah, I, s- <laughs> <laughs> I see what you're saying. Yeah, what's funny? It's, sin zone. Yeah, <laughs> just never heard it like that. Before. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't know. What's the question we should ask instead? I think more of the question we should be asking uh, is instead of how far away from purity can we get, like, how close to purity can we get, and how blessed can we be? And this goes back to why I was harping on the media thing. Like, nobody ever tells us to ask the question that way. How close to purity... I saw a show the other night that by the end of the show, every character in the show had found someone to hook up with. And that was the goal. That was their goal. The whole show. As a group, as a group of friends, this was everyone's goal to find someone to sleep with by the end of the night. (laughs) Michael's furrowing furrowing his brow. That's what I was doing. I don't even know why I watched it to the end. I was just like, (laughs) is this for real? You know, and no one at any point in the show had even entertained the thought that this was reckless behavior. So, there you go. No one at any point in the show had said, how close can I get to purity? <laughs> you can, We don't see that. That's not what we're taught, unless you happen to go to a youth program where that's all they ever talk about, right? Yeah. Um, Jason Everett, who's a big-time, awesome chastity speaker. He, love we love guy. him. Yeah, he's, he's so good. Everything... He says is awesome, but he uh, he has three keys to dating that I wanted to share. The first one is don't date someone hoping they'll change. Date someone hoping they'll stay the way they are for the rest of their lives. And we'll come back and talk about each of these one at a time. The second one is date people who have the same strong values that you have, not just someone who respects your values, but someone who shares your values. And the third one is surround yourself with good friends who will help you stay strong and pure. So I want to get your take on those three keys to dating, just kind of what reflections you have. So let's go back and do them again. The first one, don't date someone hoping they'll change. Date someone hoping they'll stay the way they are for the rest of their lives. What what are your thoughts on that? I don't. Okay. I Um. think. You want to go, Cara, or not? Thanks. Go, Cara. Okay. Um, I think that it's silly to enter a relationship where you're hoping that this person will change because you almost, I don't know, it's not like you, like, why did you like them in the first place? Yeah. If you, yeah, like, because if you're dating, you should, like, like them enough that you don't want them to change. So I don't understand why someone would enter a relationship, like, Wanting the person to change who they are. It is really strange, but it happens all the time. Yeah. I think we see it in media a lot. Like with those shows that you're talking about, like the girl will go back to your house and be like, girls, he's a work in progress. He's coming so close. I'm so proud of him. (laughs) Do the guys in the shows ever say that? No. The the guys (laughs) go home and go like, dude, I'm one step closer. I think I might sleep with her tonight. Yeah. (laughs) It's totally different. (laughs) Okay. Uh... Date people who have the same strong values that you have, not just someone who respects your values, but someone who shares your values. What's the difference between someone who shares your values and someone who merely respects your values? Why could that be problematic? Have you guys seen God's Not Dead, the movie? Yes. 
yeah. the the professor is an atheist and he's dating a very Christian. a Christian woman, mm-hmm. a very avid Christian woman as well. Is that the right verbiage? It'll work. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I don't know. He he was kind of hoping that she would change into an atheist, and he like. He's like, okay, I respect that you want to go to church every Sunday, and I'll let you do that, but I'm not going to go to church with you. I'm not going to like share deep conversations about our faith together because I have no faith. And, and in the end, they just had to go their separate mm-hmm. ways. Yeah, she, she because she was like, this doesn't work for me. Yeah. You say you're respecting it, but you're really not. And nowadays, in terms of like sexual behavior and stuff, if you believe oh, I'm not going to have sex until after I'm married. But then the person you're dating is like, oh, I guess I see where you're coming from, but I don't agree with you. I want to have sex now. Then that just makes your relationship more tense and like hard to, I don't know. Hard to stick with your values. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, And then the the third of Jason Everett's three keys to dating is surround yourself with good friends who will help you stay strong and pure which is what you were talking about. Yeah, like if you have friends who are like, oh, well, I had sex the other night, then you're going to feel like sort of pressured to do it too. Right, right. And if the person you're dating is your friend as well. Which is a good idea. (laughs) Which is, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, Gosh, we have so much more to talk about, but we have one minute left. So we are going to close with a prayer. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus, we love you and we praise you. Lord, we thank you for the gift of relationship. We thank you for creating us to be people who were intended to be in relationship. Lord, we just ask that you help us embrace that, cherish that, um, use that properly with, with purity and with chastity. And we ask all of this in the name of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been listening to Raising Saints on AM820. We were talking about dating today with Michael, Cara, and Ben. Thank you guys for being here. You're welcome. Yeah. (laughs) I'm Katie Wyatt. And until next time, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Bye now. Raising Saints is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Raising Saints with Katie Wyatt are available at stgabrielradio.com. Then he